This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel, joined by Damon McDonalds and uh, <laughs> Esther in the background here. Uh, Damon, how are you? How's it going? We are good. How's everything over there? Sounds like you got your hands full with the little one. Uh, no songs? Any 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 chance of a song? And just going to just, just pop one out? No. <laughs> Come on. Um, God, take your pick. I've got, I've got hundreds. I know you do. You got to catch into my memory. I wake up in the middle of the night screaming because I've got. Um, Oh, I'll tell you what my favourite one is. So um, my mum sent us this book at Nursery Runs from the UK. I may, may mention this before. And I managed to find a YouTube video where someone had like taken photos or scanned in pages from the book and oh. uploaded the original audio tracks from it because it used to come with like a, an audio tape or something. Okay. So that's fantastic for us because a lot of these songs, I, you know, I didn't know the tunes yeah. to. But some of them are just absolutely hilarious. I, I, my, my suspicion is that the people in charge of recording this music were hoping that they would get like uh, talent scouted by, really? by like a you know a, a, a head of a record label with little kids at home. They'd be listening to this thinking, "Wow, these guys are really good. Let's sign them up." <laughs> so there's this there's this song called uh, "The Little Birds." And it's just like the most innocuous little thing. Like the lyrics are like, little bird flaps its wings and flies away in the morning. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking when I looked at it initially, some sort of jaunty little tune. But then like on this uh, this video the, for the original audio, it's turned into like some like 80s power battle. It's like the little bird flaps its wings and flies away in the morning. Like these big wow. guitar solos. It's so inappropriate. <laughs> little little kid's nursery rhyme. I, I, t- I might actually show it because it's so funny but yeah that that one is uh my favorite at the moment that is that rules see i like that see like like when they made and it, it feels like they do a lot of it now too like with cartoons and you know stuff that's geared toward originally toward kids but like if you're an adult you could sit and watch and find stuff to laugh at like um Sesame Street did that a lot, where it was like, as you grew older, you kind of got these little subtle jokes and these little side things and like face, like, again, Kermit the Frog was a fucking sock puppet. I mean, you know, but the faces it would make would just be so, like, how do you do that with your hand in a fucking sock? Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely appreciate when they were able to make adults laugh. Um at the same time gearing it to our kids it's pretty fucking great uh, alright so uh, a little little song a little ditty a little ditty about Jack and Diane who's Jack and Diane uh, two American kids they grew up in the heartland Jackie was going to be a football star <laughs> come on you don't know you don't know a fucking song you don't know the song Jack and Diane by John Cougar Mellencamp or as we call him in this family John Cougar Menstrual Cramp <laughs> no, I've never heard these people. All right, kids, strap in. It's another Damon music segment. No, <laughs> he was a uh, he was like when he started. It was eighties, right? But he started out. He was like kind of like this grimier Bruce Springsteen. Like his Bruce Springsteen was massive, right? You've heard of Bruce Springsteen, I'm assuming, right? 
Yes, okay. uh, he did a, a, a concert at Emirates Stadium once. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure he did. He probably could uh, sell out easily. Uh, well, he was like you know the working man guy, and he the blue collar singer. <laughs> uh, and then John Cougar menstrual cramp came, and um, it was kind of again like kind of like a like a grimier version of that. Um, and then he became like Mister like what Bob Geldof came to like Live Aid. He came to like American Farmers. So he had like farm aid and him and Willie Nelson used to go around and smoke weed and fucking grab an acoustic guitar and jerk off Neil Young and all that shit. Um, I don't know if any of that actually happened, but I'm just assuming it did. Um, but he, his first hit was a song called, no, his first, actually his first hit was uh, Hurt So Good, which is a uh, bit of a knockoff on the S&M lifestyle, Joel. I don't know if you've heard of uh, the uh, master and servant, speaking of which. Terrible Depeche Mode song. Uh, and then his second hit was uh, Jack and Diane. A little tale about uh, two kids growing up in America's heartland and how they were going to get out of that town. Like every one of those stupid blue collary rock and roll singers, everyone had to have that song. Everyone had to have that song of break. Bon Jovi, when he decided he didn't want to wear makeup anymore, had to have that song. Everybody's got to have that. Oh, we're just two, we're two kids uh, making out in the back of a Coupe de Ville uh, at a drive-in theater with a milkshake in our hand, and we're going to take on the world and go fuck your mother. Wait, so they're making out with milkshakes in their hand. Wow, well, of that's, course. It's a recipe for disaster. Then, it like, really is. It's going to be spillage. Right. Not only that, the kisses are all viscousy. Ugh. You're just like all thick. Your saliva is all, they're all like intertwining their own milky saliva. Ugh. Terrible. This, <laughs> this took quite a turn. <laughs> really did. It was kind of sexual, didn't it? Kind of, kind of sexual. <sighs> so there you go. You learned about Jack and Diane. You learned about John Cougar Mellencamp, a.k.a. Menstrual Cramp. You learned about uh, little Bruce. You got a favorite Bruce song? I don't. <laughs> I, don't no. like I, I think I've only heard of one. I might be making a complete fool of myself here. Come Born on. in the USA? Is Born that in that? the USA is correct. Yeah, I knew a song. I <laughs> know a pop song. That's great job by you. That's great job by you. I mean, I don't. Uh, yeah. My favorite is when, like, the uh, – Politicians will use that because, you know, born in the USA. And it's really a uh, song about, uh, well, it's about, it's a little, I wouldn't say anti-America, but it was, it's about, uh, you know, foreign wars and how the country treated the uh, vets coming back very poorly, Joel, very poorly. Um, so he was kind of mocking the old born in the USA thing. It's funny that, isn't it? How many songs there are of that ilk, which are designed oh, yeah. to be satirical, but are appropriated completely as uh, face value by uh, idiots with <laughs> no understanding of irony. Like uh, <laughs> um, the, the William Blake, uh, Jerusalem, which you know was supposed to be a satirical uh, interpretation of the, the state of Britain at the time. You know, to, to, you know, talking about beautiful rolling hills when it was gradually were rapidly turning into an industrial wasteland. So he was taking the piss, basically. But there's people who are like, oh, yes, I feel so patriotic Man. listening to this song when it was actually uh, the complete opposite. That annoys me, that kind of stuff. People who have great Gatsby parties. 
the whole point of the fucking book is that you're supposed to think how uh, disgustingly decadent and, and empty-headed these fools are for, you know, wasting their lives having these empty, vacuous parties. But right. then people say, hey, come to my Gatsby party. I'm like, you haven't read the book, have <laughs> you? Or at least really yeah. you haven't understood it. <laughs> right. Right. You may have had a, you may have looked at words, but not really comprehended what was going on in those pages. I know. I love that. I like my favorite one is um like and I see I feel like I shock people with this and I don't intentionally but I'm just like I you obviously have never listened to the lyrics you're just tapping your toes like a like a like a dope uh are you familiar with Frankie Goes to Hollywood the band Joel yes and relax. are you familiar relax relax don't do it when you it's about coming I think specifically about about uh, coming with another gentleman. I mean, the whole song is shoot it in the right direction. Uh, again, when you he basically says, relax when you want to come. That's what he says. The whole song is about him shooting loads everywhere. I assume that's why it's so popular. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody knows because when I say this, I'm like, uh, you know, this is about, you know, it, it, but it's, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a song that's like a, you know, a beat little dancey number, but, uh, it's all about come. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, know, isn't it about trying to trying not to come, like trying to delay? It, it's it's the Barry is it Barry Windham? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barry Windham is my is my goat. And uh the Russian rocket, Pavel Bure. Uh yes, both. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right, both. So there we go. You successfully connected Frankie Goes to Hollywood with uh, Barry Windham. Yes, Barry Windham. I wonder, you know, he was local uh, a little bit ago. He, like he was signed an autograph somewhere. And I was really contemplating going up there, just letting him know how much he's helped my sexual life, <laughs> my performance. He's 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 taking me to new levels. You know, people sometimes uh, look for a medical uh, uh, item, Viagra or a uh, other blue pills. I don't want to name names, but uh, I could I could thank I could actually shake a man's hand and be like, you know what, you ha- you helped me. <laughs> <laughs> just don't explain why. Yeah, no, just I, say, I, I look, you've really would. helped my sex life. <laughs> like, just leave him to ponder that one. <laughs> no, I'm going to show him. I'm going to give him a live performance. Gonna be like, hey, come here, come here, come here, dear. <sighs> Watch this. <laughs> oh, <you're waiting. laughs> Erect a floppy. In seconds. <laughs> right. Just thinking about you. <laughs> come on, Barry. Yeah. Uh, and your long, flowing, blonde locks. Um, you know. I've been thinking long and hard about this. This is much better than any New Japan Pro Wrestling talk we could possibly do, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, we what fifteen minutes, and I feel like uh, I've laughed several times. I don't know about you, listener. I don't care about you, listener. But, <laughs> but, but uh, I've laughed. I've laughed. <clears throat> I've laughed. It's it's six in the morning, Joel. What am I doing laughing? Well, it's laughing, laughter, laughter, laughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, as long as we have our fun, that's all that matters, isn't mm-hmm. it? But I mean, it is an exciting time to be a wrestling fan in general, even if the sort of domestic product of New Japan isn't setting the world on fire, because we're a lot of movers and shakers mm-hmm. in the world of wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. People requesting their release from various companies. Um, Ric Flair, when and how are we getting him back to New Japan? <laughs> Can we get him for his second G1 climax? He was in '95. Am I right in saying that? Ninety. Um, it was one of the first ones. It was like because because it wasn't like a, like it wasn't like the G one that we know today, right? Um, and I think in that same one, Steve Austin was in that same one, um, if my memory serves me correct. Um, but yeah, 
I know there are a lot of people that are uh, moving around. It's weird because it's it is this exciting time, and it's like one of my favorite parts of sports is like. You know, we just came off hockey's free agency openings where people can, you know, sign anywhere they want. And, you know, I love that. I love that idea of uh, like a big name moving on to another place I, I, and it keeps things fresh and exciting. Same thing here. It's just weird, though. Like, I, I do feel I was kind of thinking of this the other day, how everything is like that. Um, and even, you know, I'm watching AEW and I and I and I put it on specifically to why like i like i like i really was like okay this is should be fun and it was it was a fun fucking show loved every second of it um <laughs> death match and all and uh and then even like impact is you know um, I, i'll find myself all right let me pop on the impact and you know i'm popping on strong i i do feel this little weird disconnect from it but i think it's coming back like like i, I know for a long period of time my connection with pro wrestling was was a weird one for two years because I don't know it was just I mean I think everybody can put their put their finger on the COVID restrictions and the collab crowds and every and all of that and I just couldn't sink my teeth into it like I couldn't as as I could before and I actually questioned like like am I still a fan of this I'm like like am I just growing out of it or, or like 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 now is the time that I'm no longer as passionate about it. But I feel like a weird sense of passion for it again. And um, and that's growing. And I might have to think of Barry Windham. Because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's getting good. I, just, I feel like, you know, that uh, gif from Les Mis with Russell Crowe in his hat sort of peering through the window. Or the SpongeBob one with um, you know, the, the fella looking through the window while everyone else is having fun outside. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm sort of feeling the excitement vicariously, but... Uh, I, I want that excitement to come directly to New Japan. And I'm sure it's coming for researchers. I'm sure that's where it's all going to kick off. But I, you know, we, it feels like we're sort of holding our nose domestically for, for you know, the, the Japan-based product until we're allowed to get full crowds back. You know, God knows how long that's going to be. But it, it is, you know, not, not going to lie, it's a struggle. But that said, I think there's plenty to be excited about. Um Andrew says, how would you fantasy book The Fiend Bray Wyatt's first year in New Japan? Bear in mind the law of The Fiend, and that is my question. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it seems that every time a guy gets released from WWE, someone is saying, oh, this, this person would be a great fit in New Japan. It's like, Come on. Do we, do we have to do this with every single person? Yeah, uh, give me a scale of one to ten how interested you would be. Well, first of all, Ric Flair, <laughs> and second of all, uh, The Fiend Bray Wyatt in New Japan. I would say zero Ric Flair. I mean, I'm, I mean, unless he is coming out and not getting on a microphone and handing over a trophy, a presentation, a uh, he nods to the crowd, he waves to the crowd. That's the involvement I want Ric Flair at, at this point in his career. Um, Ric Flair versus Toriano? No, no I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't want. I don't want the man in the ring. And 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 this is coming from someone who, you know, I would put Flair in my top five favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, just no, no. And I, I don't, I don't need, like, again, if he's, if he's used wisely and used sparingly and used in a very non-physical, non get on the mic and woo, woo, woo. Uh, I would be okay with that. You know, put on a suit, 
look like a champ. Don't act a fool. We're good. Um, you, you might not agree with this. And again, certainly not as this nonsense fucking monster face painted comic book wackadoo bullshit. Uh, you really hate Keiji Muto, don't you? <laughs> that was good. You know what? You are as sharp as a fucking tack, Joel. I had to do that to make up for the Big Show boss man funeral thing from last week. Well, I, I just didn't. That was just a, like a real obscure, like, wow. That was a deeper, that was a deeper, that was like a C-level angle. You know, I, I got pelters from that from other people as well. Did, yeah. you. Did you? You know what? Maybe maybe they should mind their own business. You know what I mean? We're the stars here. Let us. <laughs> um, uh, would you have a problem with a Bray Wyatt in New Japan Pro Wrestling ring? I would not. I think that might be fun. That could be fun. Again, let's tone down the fucking nonsense. I don't think he's that bad. Do you think he's that bad? Tony, I want a full, I want a G1 block filled with evil, the fiend bro wire, Malachi Black, Matt Hardy, all these guys, give him full creative control. Just just let him go nuts. Uh, I I mean, I liked the initial Bray Wyatt character, you know, the the sort of Dusty Rhodes um, idea that he he gave him, you know, like the cult leader with the swamp guy. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was cool. His wrestling, I mean, what is his best match? Has he ever had a, a match that has been pushing four stars. I mean, not, not for me, for me, the work rate's not there personally. And um, mm. yeah, so it, it's, yeah, I pass. No, thanks. Okay. All right. You're not, not even going to give him a shot on strong. He's going AEW anyway. What the fuck? I mean, well, again, yeah, I will go back to, I'm sure he's going to go back to WWE. I'm sure. You think so? You think he's just going to sit out a little bit and get back? Yeah. I, I, I suspect if a lot of these guys, it's people on massive contracts and they're going to cut them. And then re-sign them to smaller, smaller deals. deals. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the that's what's going on with Strowman, and I'm sure that the same will happen with Kai. Yeah, that makes the most sense. I mean, again, I would not have a huge issue. Here's the problem. So it's not like you're signing a guy. He would have more name, obviously, in the states than he would in Japan. Like he's going to go out to Japan to just fucking a, a wall of silence. Um, but here, I mean, it would, it would, I think it would do well. Um, but yeah, you're right. That is the one annoying thing is anybody who leaves is, oh, he, he, good fit for New Japan, good fit for New Japan. And you're right. Not everybody is. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't have a pro- I wouldn't have a huge problem with that. I really wouldn't. Um, as shocking as that sounds and his body of work and, and the fucking funhouse bullshit and, not all that, not my cup of tea, but I, I, I still think that there's something you could do with the guy. Um, if you, again, if you just let him go do his thing, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, do you think he, a lot of that stuff was him or do you think a lot of that stuff was go out there and do this? You know what I mean? Like, I think he, if he knew the environment and knew the lay of the land, I think he could make it work. I think he could. I think he could. Um, well, let's, Oh, sorry, no, no, good. I mean, I mean, I, I think there's bigger fish to fry when it comes to available people out there and people that are more sexy. 
um, and sexier names. That's for sure. If, if they're going to get in a new Japan ring, there's, there's other people that I want in line first, but again, it's, it's, it is some, it's one of those things of, okay, we got this guy who apparently is a free agent and can he fit into what we can do and how much money is that going to cost? See, I kind of, I kind of do like all that shit. That's the kind of shit I like, like building a fantasy roster is better than fucking playing the games like the best part of any fantasy draft is the draft (laughs) and then then, like having it come you know play it out is sometimes a little tedious but that's to me that's fun i I like that the idea of okay how would we do this how do we put this guy into our roster how would we make this fit i I, I do kind of get my rocks off on that yeah there's certainly plenty to get rt stuck into with our door. I don't want to call it the forbidden door. Let's call it the friendship door. Let's check yeah. in on the friendship door. So uh, we had Lance Archer defeating Hikuleo. Uh, Hikuleo challenged for the IWGP uh, US title. Yeah. On, I think it was Fight for the Fallen. Um, did you watch this match? I oh, did. yeah, you did. You watched the show live. Yeah, I, I watched it. Popped up on World. That's one thing I like that with this relationship. You get these individual matches appearing on New Japan World a day or two after the facts. So, yeah, I watched it. It was, um, I, I thought it was really smart having. Haku walk out with him. That was a great way to get the crowd invested in him. And yep. I I think I really noticed um, Hikuleo seemingly energized by working in front of a crowd. But he really seemed to feed off of that Haku pop and, and no pun intended, and uh, like use that energy to ramp up his, his confidence and in intensity right off the bat. And, and he carried himself like he belonged in there. And, you know, just a, a little thing, like at the start of the match, he did a power slam and that got an awe from the crowds. And then you could see him like visibly react to that and turn to the camera. So I think he's looking a lot more polished here. So um, short match, but yeah, for me, it was like when I watched this, the, the acid test was going to be, does Hikoleo look like he belongs there on TV against a, you know, a star like Lance Archer? And I think he did. Yeah, it was an okay match. I mean, it wasn't anything tremendous, but I think it did what it needed to do in the sense of, okay, Lance Archer beat a big guy. Um, clean in the middle of the ring and Hikaleo didn't trip over his own feet and didn't get in his own way and look like he belonged there. And he got some quality ring time on live TV prime time in the U S in front of a full crowd. I mean, there was a lot of check boxes that we were able to accomplish here in one match. Um, and at the same time set up, you know, Something that might have been, you know, three, four weeks ago, a little bit unexpected. Now we got something I don't think I've ever really would say I would. I wanted it, but I'm kind of into it. I'm kind of into a little Lance Tana. Um, but that that's, again, <laughs> like that seems like a, a – did they ever wrestle in, in, in a G1? Lance and and uh, yeah, they were in the, the same block when Arch was last in. It was twenty nineteen, wasn't it? I, I do, I do not, remember them having a pretty good match. Okay, I do not remember it off the top of my head, so forgive me. But yeah, I mean that's again the, the idea of a live crowd really is. Oh, it's the icing. It's it is the icing on the cake because that's. That'll, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. 
Uh, Vase Collider says, is Lance Archer back in Suzuki-gun? If so, I'm pretty pumped he was killing it before he left. I don't think he ever left. Mm -hmm. Suzuki-gun is for life. So even you know after he joined AEW, he was talking how he still feels like he's part of the group. But yeah, that, that's a match I'm looking forward to. Um, I don't know if this is just sort of a convoluted way to get the US title back uh, on Japanese soil without Moxley having to lose directly to a New Japan guy. I don't know. I, I expect Tanahashi to win that. But no, we will be previewing Resurgence near at the time. Uh, we also have an announcement for Resurgence with John Moxley and mystery partner X mm. versus the Good Brothers, which I assume was supposed to be shown to Umino, but he's unable to travel, unfortunately. So uh, any thoughts on this, Damon? Any speculation who you think the partner might be? Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Rick Flair. Rick Richard Flair. Um... Would that be fucking? You know what? If we're if we're if we're doing it, let's do it. That would be. Imagine that. If, well, it did. It did say on the New Japan website or one of the tweets, some something official came out saying Moxley's drinking buddy. So when it said drinking buddy, I was like, well, it's not CM Punk, is it? Because he's straight edge, correct? Yeah. Unless he's you know, drink, drinking Pepsi with him. Ric Flair, you know, he's a big big drinker, isn't he? He That's does. Night on the tiles. Yeah. Wouldn't that be funny? Wouldn't that? I I'm not gonna lie. That would be. Amazing. And I just sat here and said, don't put him in the ring. I don't want to see the woos. I, I, I don't, I, I might want to now. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know how to feel. I, mean, look, I know Ric Flair is what, how old he is? Oh, 70. Um, right. <laughs> right. Uh, gosh, I think he was, yes. Yeah. Over 70. I think. Yeah. I think he's in his early seventies. Um, and yeah, probably shouldn't. Has no business getting in a wrestling. But could he be any worse than the Good Brothers? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I jest. I jest. I mean, I've seen people saying maybe Sammy Callahan could be the partner. It could be maybe Eddie Kingston. Okay. There's a couple of names that people have thrown out there. I tell you what, it's it is. They have a, a ton of options, right? There is there is no. They have a ton of options with with. With the door, whatever adjective we want to put in front of door, there's so many possibilities now. That makes it fun. Maybe we'll get uh, we'll get Nick with his pizza cutter coming out again. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be fun. That'd be great. Watching him carve up everybody. Um, I gotta I gotta talk about that dude. That match. Did you see it? Jericho, no, yeah. The, unfortunately, I don't have a way. Is dynamite is not on uh, yeah. Thai television. I don't have any access to it. I'm afraid. But uh, yeah, talk to us about the match. Okay. On I, I, again, this is prime time television on dare I say a major cable television network, uh, and AEW is doing pretty well for itself. It, it, it's one of those things where you know you'll be watching whatever, and and a, and a commercial for it will be on. So it's got. I don't want to say broad appeal, but you know, it's 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 again prime time on a what was it Tuesday night Wednesday night. First, the first match, uh, the uh, multi man tag it was like a ten man tag, and it had Dark Order. I know, roll your eyes, but uh, Dark Order and uh, against uh, Kenny and Good Brothers and Young Bucks. Joel, when I tell you this match was. 55,000 miles an hour uh, of just pure wrestling nonsense fun high spot. It was really good. It was, it was constant and just, 
I dug it. I was just like, this match fucking is great. Um, again, it was like, it was like, um, it was like, you know, like, like junk food, right. Or like, you know, or like delicious. Fa- it was like Popeye's fried chicken. It was delicious, but totally not good for you. Right. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it. Fucking fantastic. Give me another piece. I'm going to die of a heart attack. Um, and then there was the Hikaleo and Lance and what else was on a couple other things. But then um, this match it just started right a little bit before nine o'clock, I guess, our time. I couldn't believe like I'm watching this match and Cheryl's on the couch and uh, you knew it was going to be bloody. You knew they were going to bleed. But the first match, Jericho gets the pizza cutter right across the fucking arm. I mean, it was like a switchblade. It was like, just whip. And then you see his arm, like the, the skin and his, it just like kind of like, you know, whoop, open up and he starts bleeding. I'm like, whoa, here we go. Uh, did a little dusty uh, arm bleed spot. And then they just did everything, Joel. Joel, they did everything you would expect in a fucking big Japan death match from chairs to light tubes to and I'm not talking about like 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 they they and and here's the thing Jericho took 90% of it and I'm like why is he doing this he's 50 something years old he's done everything there is headline buildings in Japan and in the US and WrestleMania's and Wrestle Kingdoms and, blah, blah, blah. and this guy is getting tossed into, they had a, a sheet of glass. They had two chairs, sheet of glass between the two. Taking bumps into the glass. Again, the light tubes, uh, the fucking pizza cutter shit. Like, it was unbelievable. Jericho's back. Uh, again, was straight out of Big Japan Pro Wrestling. It was just bloody from his the top of his neck. To the to like his ass crack was just was just sliced. It was unbelievable what I was watching. Again, I've seen it a th- trillion times. I just couldn't believe I was watching it live on TNT. It was amazing. It was like it, it would be, honestly it would be the equivalent of all right. Uh, Monday night football is over. Let's watch some porn. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'll be like, okay. Uh, I don't even know what the the big show is on in US TV now. What uh, what would be CSI? So I'll just throw out there. I don't even know if it is or if it isn't. But CSI is on, and then right after that, they put you know Riley Reed's ass bangers four. <laughs> I mean, that would be the equivalent with the with the violence that I saw. Oh, man, I got to put on ass bangers four. I haven't seen that. <laughs> it's good. But it was good. It was really, it was one of the most entertaining. I hate saying entertained, but like I, I was thoroughly entertained for that that entire block um, of pro wrestling. I couldn't believe what I was watching, and if and I and and they made the announcement for Chicago, which so everybody knew Punk. Um, I don't know. It's it's fun. It here's so here's what it is. When all this is going down, all I'm thinking of is, okay, New Japan is in this mix. Like we're in this, we're in this, this, this pot, this stew. 
Like we're, we're a main ingredient in this stew and it's all coming together. It's all coming together. I'm telling you, Joel, they're going to do a big show. And when I mean big show, I mean an outdoor stadium. I, I, I just feel it in my bones that these guys are going to cash in and they're going to put their chips in and we're going to have a big show. The problem is, is this football season's coming right around the corner. So I don't know what they would do, but they have to do it in a dome because winter would be around and nobody's going to sit outside and freeze their fucking nuts off. But I'm telling you, they're going, they're, they, they have to be looking at a big fucking stadium show and they could do it. They could do it. I, I guarantee it. So a very interesting tweet from um, our Voices Wrestling friend, Garrett Kidney. He said, remember when WWE were negotiating with New Japan or whatever? And now <laughs> yeah. one main event for New Japan's big US show is being promoted on Dynamite, while the other main event is being promoted on Impact. So, right. yeah, you've you got to sort of tip your hat to the way that this has been managed in, in being able to get their US-based product promoted like this. Um, so a few questions. Bash says, how do you guys feel about all the storyline booking going on in different companies right now? You've got Jay and Finjuice in Impact. US title and AEW, whereas before it was all booked under New Japan shows. Classic Catch has given that there's more New Japan storyline progression taking place on AEW and Impact shows than actual New Japan shows. So do you think you should start reviewing them instead? And Chuck Sizzleby says, since Jay popped up on Impact, how long do you think till G.O.D. makes an appearance? They all live in Florida with a huge with huge shows like the Rampage debut, Grand Slam, and All Out coming up. A run a running could generate a lot of buzz for New Japan here in the States. I'm sure that is coming yeah. very, very soon. I'm sure G.O.D. are, are going to be getting involved. So uh, yeah, I don't think you'll have to wait too long for that one. But yeah, so general thoughts, I mean, you've touched on this, Damon. It's a big thumbs up, I think, for New Japan managing to get the name out there in the States. Yeah, everybody's getting work in a, in a time when it's, you know, it's, it, it's still somewhat difficult from, a, a, you know, Japanese perspective. You know, it's 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 tough sledding right now over there lockdowns and covids and all that stuff so okay they they made the most of it they created a product that has it's it's now a a cornerstone for good shit happening with strong right so they were smart there very wise i mean and again we talked about strong just being the thing where okay just people could go and wrestle for crying out loud let alone shows and live events and involvement and becoming a destination place uh and again all the and and through all this here's here's the great thing there's two things what is it a high tide carries all boats is that the saying um and when one promotion does well and if they're able to carry other ones along with it to help support that just makes for a better pro- experience and if you're a fan of pro wrestling it just makes things better um all around and the second part part of this is this for the first time in my lifetime i really feel like maybe not the first time but the first time in a long long time in my lifetime and i am fucking old there is a definite again we're not putting anybody out of business we're not you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of money in 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 the uh, McMahon reserves. But what I'm saying is, is that for the first time, I really feel like a there there are viable options 
not only from a product standpoint, because I always knew that there was other wrestling out there, New Japan included, that had a better in-ring product and a better presentation and a better pro wrestling experience. I feel like we actually have a period of time where, and again, WCW might have been the, the closest thing to that in my lifetime, where there are there's a genuine threat to the old, just preposterous idea of a again, once again, a 70-year-old man running a pro wrestling company. And telling people what's good and what's not for decades. And now finally we have options. We have real, legitimate, true options that that again, we can nitpick, we can, we can um, you know, th- agree with some things, we can like other things, all, all that. But at the end of the day, the combined product, combined forces, and and again. I hate to say this, but we have COVID to thank. Ugh. I don't know if that's the word I want, but okay. But like th- this would not have happened if we didn't have a reason to do it. And sometimes the worst case scenarios, you know, what is it? Pressure forms diamonds or something. Like that. And that's what we got. Like we have we we have an exci- we have maybe the most exciting time to be a pro wrestling fan since again the, the Monday Night Wars uh, even before that maybe like you know Crockett and WWF you know in '86 that's it that's really what we have to sink our teeth into at least in the states I mean Japan might be a, a, a different story than it is but again my point being is this. What a time to be a pro wrestling fan. Uh, And it's only going to get better. Well, I hate to drag the conversation, kicking and screaming away from all the exciting stuff in the States. uh, But uh, we we should touch on uh, the Summer Struggle event. The the one I want to talk about was uh, Sunday, August 1st at Korakuen Hall. The two send-off matches I'd Mm -hmm. like to discuss. So the first match was Yu Oemura's send-off match where he lost to Kazuchika Okada in 12 minutes, 19 seconds via money clip. Uh, the match was good, I mean, as you'd expect. But I think it's more notable for what it represents, the choice of opponent. And um, other people have said this. Manabu said this to me. You know, it, it felt like a pairing that you will see in the future having a, an IWGP world title match, oh, Okada yeah. versus Uemura. And just that little bit at the end where after the match, Okada picks him up and gives him the Irish whip and just drop kicks him just for good measure. Yeah. That, that felt significant for me. That feels like the sort of thing we're going to be seeing again in the future, doesn't it? Yep, that was you know a, a not so subtle breadcrumb, um, and I loved it. I was there for it. You know what I mean? Like I was, I actually was. I I I don't want to say I jumped out of my chair, but I I thoroughly enjoyed the idea of just that little exclamation point of "See you soon, kid." You know, have fun. See you in, see you in a year or two. I'll be waiting for you. Uh, we'll do this dance again, and it'll be for for bigger stakes. I'll tell you who uh, I really enjoyed during this match, and even the the other one, the solo Kevin Kelly. I thought he did a a outstanding job. I don't know if you listened to the English commentary. Did an outstanding job, just getting over the dojo system 
what it means, uh, you know, why these guys do what they do, the process that they have to go through, what how significant these matches are, how significant it was for it being Okada, how significant it was it being Naito. Um, In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash VOW net. Arenaclub.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Again, even the little subtle things like, you know, Naito coming out in, in, in you know, what would he, he would consider a big match show uh, outfit. If that's the word, gear, uh, you know, the white, just there's little subtle things that I, I thought it was refreshing to hear. Like it didn't, you know how sometimes commentary just, it's just like, it just pounds you in the head. Like it just felt like a nice laid back Kevin Kelly doing his thing, no distractions, calling matches, giving information. I really enjoyed it. I, I and what sucked was I, it was like the last thing I did before I went to bed. I never I wanted to, to uh, hit him up, and just let him know that I really appreciated that. Like I really thought he did an outstanding job with those two matches specifically going solo. 
Yes, I'm in total agreement there. Uh, the second match, Yota Suji send off where he lost to Tetsuya Naito, 11 minutes 24 by high angle Boston Crab. This one, I mean, I, I love this one. I yep. really enjoyed it, Damon, because we had the backstory into it that uh, Yota Suji really, really wanted this match. You know, been campaigning for it on Twitter, saying if he gets, what was it, 50,000 likes or something, and he didn't quite manage to get that. It almost sort of felt like an audition for him for a future spot in LIJ. Mm-hmm. But here it was Suji's most complete performance for me. He looked more confident than he's ever looked, and everything was on point in the ring. It was crisp, it was sharp. Uh, he just, he looked like a guy who was ready to to become a star. And just a little story at the end, like uh, with the backstage stuff, he wanted, he said, if, if he was going to lose, he wanted to lose to the Destino. But Naito said, look, I only use the Destino when I need it. I didn't need it against you. Maybe one day you'll be worthy of me using the Destino on you. So again, we're just planting those little breadcrumbs for you know something to look forward to when he gets back. But yeah, I thought Suji was really, really terrific here. Yeah, both were. Both were, um, and and I and I appreciate the fact that Naito had somewhat of his working boots on, right? Like he he didn't sandbag this match. Like he went if if it felt like he did anyway. Um, man, the future's bright, man. Future's bright. And I say this all the time. Every time we do uh, one of these little send off nights, um, man, I just think. It's it's fun and it's and it's heartwarming a little bit too, where it's like I always look at facial expressions and I always look at body language and I always look at like how they exit the ring, knowing full well that like okay this is a chapter in your life that has ended. Uh, we're going to now open up a new chapter and just kind of like. I don't know, get in their heads and think, okay, what are you thinking? You know, like what, how, how are you, how are you feeling? Cause, cause it is a big thing. It's, you know, again, one of the points that, and, and I knew a little bit about it, but certainly not a, a lot, but um, even Kevin, again, once again, Kevin Kelly mentioning how guys spend a year just doing chores and doing exercises and doing, you know, simple pro wrestling training in that dojo system before they even step foot outside the ring in a t-shirt at Cork and Hall. Um, it's a, I mean, I imagine the feeling of, I mean, you graduated college or you graduated university or you, uh, man, that's the, maybe the best way I can describe it is that, you know, okay, now I'm going away on excursion for a year or two and I'm leaving everything that I I've had for, you know, three, four years and now I'm going to go see the world. It is an interesting and remarkable process that they have um, for developing stars. And, it, you know, they don't miss often. They don't. Um, and it's just a, just a, I mean, it might be rough. And it might be, I don't know. It's not. It's certainly not for everybody. That's for sure. And it wasn't for everybody in the '90s. Like there were people that went to that dojo with it. They did not survive. Uh, but the people, man, who come out the other side of it, I'm telling you, they're the best pro wrestlers in the world. Best pro wrestlers in the world. And I love the fact that it still goes to this day with little tweaks and little variations. But for the most part, it's the same. And and I and that I can truly appreciate. Like like 
there there is something to be said about the tradition of it and as well as uh the fact that it's relatively the same um and you can see the results right you can see the results so Diego says, where are Suji and Uemura going? I'm pretty sure we're going to see Suji in the UK. Uemura, I would like to see going to the US because as I've, we talked about ad nauseum, there's so many exciting opportunities and, and people you could learn from there. So um, yeah, if I had to guess with Uemura, I'd say the States. Um, but yeah, uh, Louis says, which young lines have had good send-off matches? I remember Kawato, aka Master Wato, having a good send-off yeah. as well as Shota Umano. Any of that stick in your mind? Um, Romo's was pretty decent. Um trying to think back many of them i don't i remember i i know it was against like i just remember them as young lions and i don't know if i necessarily 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 remember their send-off matches like okada's like i know it was against tanahashi but i don't i for whatever reason i don't it doesn't stick out in my mind as you know i'm sure it was great but I don't remember it. Um, I don't remember Naito's send-off match. Mm. A lot of them, I don't want to say, never made the... You know, before World, it wasn't like people went out of their way and you'd have to watch them later when people post them on YouTube or shit like that. Remember what shows what. But I think that's one thing about World, man. And then that work is that you'll you get to see that shit, like you know, no one. Let me let me be very honest. No one, and I mean no one, was like, oh, this is Okada send off. You know, nobody said that. Nobody said that, and now it's a thing. I like that. I like that that it is, and we complain about oh, you get every fucking show on this network and oh, every road to show, and oh my god, we got to watch all this shit. Uh, which circles back to a point that we made that we got to watch all this shit now, Joel. <laughs> How are we consuming this stuff? Let me ask you. Yeah, let me ask you this. How are you consuming all this stuff? Because somebody posed the question, like, okay, so we got shit going on everywhere. Do I got to watch all this shit? Do we got to re- review all this shit? Are we are we cherry. I'm cherry picking right now. I can't watch everything. Like I, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I'm I am cherry picking. Um, the new Japan stuff and trying to watch what I can, but I can't watch it all. Like, how are we going to cover all this shit? This is not, this is not convenient. This is not convenient. Yeah. Pick and choose. I mean, like for example, this show that we're discussing now, I watched the first two matches and I watched the main event. So, uh, and all the other row two shows in the week, I didn't, I didn't bother with those. So yeah, you, you pick and choose what is significant for you. Otherwise you're going to get burnt out. Yeah, I can't, I don't have the time to, to, I guess that's what you got to do. But then again, you got to remember that shit is everywhere. Like I could, I don't. It is getting really hard to keep on top of this all because there's so much going on with, you know, in Japan and then there's strong and then there's stuff going on at AEW and there's stuff going on on impact. It's it's just spin at times. Yeah. It's like, I don't like, I feel like everything's crammed in at once. I just wake up and look at my phone and be like, okay, what do I got to do today? You know, like I, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I've I know never had to do that before, but I no. feel like for, for, I'm not doing it for you, like but for both of us. Just so okay, so these are the we got to watch this and we got to watch this, and often it's spanning like, four or five different shows, three yeah. different promotions. It's hard. It is hard. 
I, I mean, I mean, hard as in it's not like I just, you just pop on New Japan World and go from there. Like there is a lot. There's a couple other things where you got to check out, um, just because of what what where we are and what we do. So yeah, it's it's a little bit a little bit less convenient, that's for sure. But again, we're, we'll add the ex- like. All right, would you take this over? what we had before. I would take this any day of the week, right? I just feel like there's so much more to talk about. Yeah, definitely. And it feels like there is something exciting to look forward to. It feels like there's a Christmas is coming, right. but you don't know when. It's like, right. <laughs> we're still having Christmas this year, but we're not going to tell you when it is. <laughs> right, but it's April 17th. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it feels like. That's exactly what it feels like. And every day, but okay, so here we go. It's Christmas. You don't know when it's going to happen. But also, we're going to give you gifts randomly to, you know, whatever, just on a Tuesday. You know, you don't come home and there's going to be a big box under a tree, right? Because that's what it feels like. Because you wake up every day and it's like, oh, that this is happening. And oh, oh, you know? And here's the thing, too. Like, I kind of feel like this show, to a certain degree, is flying a little bit without a net because we'll get clued in on some stuff. But I guarantee you, a lot of the people that that we talk to, they don't know what's going on, which is kind of a a weird thing, right? Like, it's not like, it feels like things change so quickly and things happen so quickly that they don't even have time to get us information, right? Doesn't it feel that way too? Yeah, I think there's so many moving parts involved that, you know, I don't want to sort of delude myself into thinking that we are so important that they uh, don't we are. tell us what they're doing. Yeah, uh, we absolutely are. Yeah, we, we are. <laughs> but, uh, you, you, I mean, you've got to think that these are conversations that are taking place across multiple companies now. So it's, yeah, I, I can understand if a conversation happens between, uh, you know, let's say for the sake of argument, Tony Khan and Rocky Romero, then is that information necessarily going to filter back to in the way that it, it normally would when New Japan had planned to do something in the States by themselves? Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. You know, there were many methods in which information got to us. Um, right. And it's, it just seems like it's such a moving part right now that it's hard to get that. It's weird. It is a very... I like it. Me too. I like, it. I, I like the fact that People like, for example, when Kenta popped up on Dynamite, it's like, wow, you know, we didn't. It's not something that we we would say on the podcast three weeks earlier. Oh, you might want to watch for Kenta having a pastrami sandwich on right. Dynamite. Blah blah blah. I like the fact that it's unpredictable. That's how wrestling should be. It's fun. It is fun. It is fun. Now, listen, that, that's not to say we don't want to. You know, we like our scoops. You know, yeah, for nothing. We like our pastrami sandwiches. We're the best. You know. Uh, that being said, though, yeah, it is. It does feel like it feels like everything is 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 moving parts. Everything is moving parts, and that is that is exciting because I I kind of do like the idea of waking up and checking my phone and being like, whoa, okay, here we go. What does this mean for us? What does this mean for New Japan? What does this mean for the show? What does this mean for? All right, we got more things we can talk about. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's look. <laughs> Talking about this is so much better than, okay, f- you know, 36-man New Japan Cup <laughs> in an empty arena. You know what I mean? Sometimes that got to just to be a little much, right? 
Right. Right. Yeah, because it, it it does feel like treading water at times. Exactly right. Exactly right. It felt like a lot of the stuff that was going on was just to get just to get through it. Just to get through it. We gotta put on shows. I don't we don't know how to put on shows in this environment. We just gotta we gotta gotta get put pushed through it and eventually this will be over. But even as I say that, again, they did make some smart moves. Joe, the smartest thing they fucking did was strong. The smartest thing they did was strong. Um, just, and again, it, it has grown into what it is. I mean, they didn't sit there and say, okay, we're, we're going to have a, you know, it, it become what it's become. But it's, it's, I mean, they're going to have a show that is going to be, I mean, we haven't had a match yet. But would you could, can you comfortably say this will be in content? This show without seeing a match is in contention for show of the year. I mean, just on paper, I'd say there's a shot uh, just for sort of the excitement of being in front of a live crowd again. And I did I put out a Twitter poll because I was just thinking, you know, we've got Wrestle Grand Slam coming up two nights in the the Saitama in the dome there. MetLife, yeah. MetLife, yeah. And we've got, you know, title defenses there, Shingo defending his title there. But we've also got resurgence coming up. And I was just curious which, what people were more excited about. So I did a Twitter poll, uh, 360 people voted, 78.6% more excited for resurgence. So, and, and I'm, I'm with them on that. I can't wait for that show. I, I mean, I think everybody's is. I mean, I, I think everybody is, again, the idea of a live show that is going to be a little bit like off the beaten path in the sense of, I don't, I'm not going to say dream matches, but um, it's, it's, it's going to be different and it's going to, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I feel more juice, pardon the pun. And what is this? This is in August, this, this month, it's the 14th, like a week from now, right? The 14th. Jesus, that seems that that seems like it snuck up on us, right? And what do we got? We got Lance against Hiroshi Tanahashi, right? Jay White's on this thing with against Finley, right for the Never, right? Yep, correct. Mox and then uh, Anderson and Gallows. Okay, mm-hmm. what are the are the uh, we got roster? Um, yeah, so. We got Alex Coglin against Carl Fredericks as well. The Alex Coglin challenge series, and we have a six-man tag: Rocky, Fred Rosser, and Wheeler Utah against Renarita, Clark Connors, and TJP. Okay, maybe maybe I'm a little bit out of out of my mind with the show of the year. <laughs> but it's a good show, right? It is a good show. Just, just for the sheer fact of having a crowd who can yeah. make noise. That yeah. is just just a prospect that is so exciting for me. It know. is, it is. How I mean, do we know how how is it sold out yet? Do we know? Uh, I'm not sure. I'd have to check up on that. All so. right. so I don't know where I would go. I could. I mean, I'm sitting right in front of a computer, but um, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, we should. This should be a fun time. And if, if I'm not mistaken, the last thing I heard was we're really close to having a sold show. So. Um, Good for New Japan. We're looking good. LA is going to be rocking. Uh, we just need to uh, make sure everybody's safe, right? Uh, we know from uh, Wrestle Ticks. That's Twitter. Right. So they updated on August the second. 
um, they said there are 153 tickets available now. All right. And, and you so know that's- 93%, 93% sold. Excellent job. Excellent job, everybody. Well done. Well done. I will not be there. Uh, but I will be watching on my couch. Um, that's a great job. That's exciting. That's exciting. It'll be one of the biggest. Right. It'll be one of the biggest gates for New Japan of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so back to Japanese New Japan. Vase Collector says, "Wondering what's up with the Japanese dojo these days. All things considered, we haven't seen any new young lines in what feels like a long time. The current group is also starting to move up. Will we see any new young lines in the ring in 2021? Big yes. hit. How big of a hit has the pandemic had on the New Japan training pipeline? Uh, we do have Yu- Yuto Nakashima, who I'm expecting to be back from injury soon. But aside from that." Yeah, I haven't heard anything about any new Japanese talent coming through, which, you know, is that a worry to you, Damon? Mm, I mean, I remember in the past there was like this this push to get talent in there. I think like Tanahashi was spearheading that. Um, no, because here's the thing. I'd rather have quality than quantity, right? I don't need I don't I don't need to see a bunch of young lions there just to see a bunch of young lions there. Uh, I want to see the 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 guy you know the guys who have a shot at being legitimate stars for this promotion. Um, and I think we will see people, and I think you will see new faces at ringside, and there'll be people taking pictures at ringside, and then that tweet will go out, and who's that guy? And you know, then you know everybody's on the horn trying to find out who these people are. So uh, I think you'll probably see that sooner than later to be, to be honest. So no, I don't, I'm not too concerned about that. Uh, and again, there are people that are in that dojo that you have not even seen their face yet. They, you have not seen them at ringside um, that again, eventually you will. And all these people will move up. Um, now nah, I, I don't really have major concerns with that. Nope. Let's talk about the main event of the show, which was the never openweight six-man tag team championship match with the champions Ishii, Yoshihashi, and Hiroki Goto with their eighth successful defense mm-hmm. uh, against Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., and Taichi. Uh, Goto got the pin over Suzuki following the GYW. And prior to this match, Ishii had mentioned something along the lines of he thinks that if Suzuki-gun lost this one, then Suzuki-gun should rename themselves to Taichi-gun. Mm-hmm. Didn't mention that on commentary, so I guess that was... Uh, Ishii just riffing but that's something I would love to see explored in the future because it does feel like Taichi feels like the de facto leader of the faction at the moment but uh, yeah I I enjoyed this match a lot the the start with Ishii and Suzuki elbowing each other in the teeth exactly what you want to see from Suzuki there and just a a small thing here Goto and Yoshihashi they set up a counter to the Taichi choke just adding a little something for their upcoming three-way tag title challenge and you know me I'm a, a sucker for team moves every time I see a team move an automatic extra quarter star for me. Like uh, the, there was a moment where Zach and Suzuki had Goto in the Boston Crab, one leg each, and then Taichi slid in to apply the choke. Yes, please. Yeah. That's that's my kind of stuff there. I thought the arm work from Zako and Ishii was good. Ishii is uh, not a guy who's renowned for his selling, but I thought he did it really well here. Um, I thought Yoshihashi and Taichi had really good chemistry. I don't think they've had a singles match, not one that I can remember. And I think it'd be really good because I thought uh, the, the parts when they were working together in this match were very, very fun. And again, this is 35 minutes, but I never felt it, th- these matches, they don't drag for me. I think when you've got six quality wrestlers 
they've got no problem filling that time with with meaningful entertaining work and that the final 10 minutes is always a blast you've got your tornado tag style mayhem you've got near falls people rescuing each other from submissions selling mm-hmm. the exhaustion uh suzuki and goto had a really fun exchange that brought me back to my my first wrestle kingdom trip in 2018 wrestle kingdom 12 with that excellent uh never hair versus title match and Suzuki even broke out the dropkick here. You know, Minoru Suzuki respects the Never Six Man titles, whatever you might say. And I like that they finished the match with the GYW, the, the double team move. Team moves, Damon. I'm, I'm a simple man. I love that stuff. <laughs> so uh, eight successful defenses in the back for this team. Wow. That's pretty amazing, actually, if you think about it, considering it was largely considered a title that was, I don't want to say throwaway, but it was largely considered a throwaway title. I mean, you know, nobody nobody was this excited for the never six man titles when the Briscoes were holding it with you know whomever. Um, yeah, I liked the match. I thought the match was good. Thirty five minutes. Uh, I mean, look, I'm not gonna lie. I had my moments where I was looking at my phone a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. But that being said, I tell you what surprised me the most. Again, it's the fact that it's not the usual pin eaters that you would like, if you took a, that lineup, I think normally people would be like, okay, either Yoshihashi or Taichi, right. Would take that fall. Uh, and the fact that it's Goto over Suzuki was pretty, I don't want to say crazy, but I did not expect to see Suzuki take that fall. And I don't, I mean, somebody's taking the fall. And you can't drop me. I mean, one team, if one team's losing, they're losing the titles. And I don't think anybody would complain if, if Suzuki Goon won those titles, right? Would anybody complain with that? I don't think so. I think that's a, a big enough name for it to happen. Um, not, that, not to say that people wanted it to happen, but I'm just saying nobody would complain. It's not like it's, you know, like Chase Owens and Yujiro and, you know, Togo. Um I was, but again, I was a little bit surprised by the fact that it was Suzuki that took a fall in a multi-man tag for the never six-man titles. It's, I think that says a little bit more about what the titles are, though, right? If, if anything else, less less than oh, it was Suzuki that took the fall. It was more like okay, yeah, you these these titles are 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 elevated to the point where a guy like Suzuki can take a fall. Um, I don't know. That's pretty. You know, we talk about. Let's talk about Suzuki for a moment. Then, okay. like, where, where would you rank him at the moment within his own faction? As as top guy, leader. I mean, I think he's yeah, leader. or even just your personal enjoyment of the wrestlers as Suzuki Gun. He's up like there. for me personally. I would. He he is below Taichi and Zach and and Despi at the moment. So wow. he's in. Okay. Yeah, I, I I've just enjoyed the output of those three wrestlers more than Suzuki. I think when Suzuki's on, I love him. Um, nah, Suzuki's still in my top. Like it, it's like Zach is my favorite. Suzuki might be second, and then I think Despi, Taichi, Kanemaru, and even though Kanemaru I haven't you know down the bottom of the pile. It's that's 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 not like a, I just he just has to be there because I, I still like him right again might be my favorite faction. Um, now nah, Suzuki's near the top for for me anyway. But again, I get your point where if you look at the past 
six months, year, maybe even longer. Zach and Taichi have carried, and even Desperado, carried, carried this uh, faction. It, like name me, name me the significant mo- Name me the, the the significant Suzuki moments in the past year and a half compared to the output of Zach, Tai Chi, and even El Desperado. Like I, I get your point there. So we've got a few uh, matches have been announced. So we've got a uh, we got the bleh, the next challenges for the Never Six Man titles lined up for the uh, Yokohama show on August the tenth. It's going to be LIJ challenging, so Naito, Sanada, and Bushi. And also on that show, we've got Shingo versus Yujiro in a non-title singles match. And a couple of announcements for Wrestle Grand Slam. Uh, I think this is night one, so Jeff Cobb and Okada having their rematch, as we speculated last week. Yeah. And Toriano versus Chase for KOPW. I believe it's going to be an I Quit match. Maybe, maybe I- a more serious match there. If, if the post-match beat down... Uh, and promos are anything to go by. Like, KOPW needn't be comedy filler, so maybe some green shoots emerging there. So, yeah, any thoughts on those match announcements? Well, I quit with the K. Can I, can I tap out? Can I? Uh, I would love it if that match was really violent. Like, it just turned flip side from being goofy, let's take the fucking turnbuckle pads off and and really they got seriously dirty and had a real good brawl if it's an I quit match. I mean, if they're going to do an I quit match, like really do an I quit match. I want this to be Tully Magnum is what I want. <laughs> I want this to be Tully Magnum Starcade. Um, that would be nice. That would be just a nice little change pace. They like Because I just – I don't want these – well – I think it's too late for one of them, but I, you know, it, this does not have to be the comedy match break every fucking time. We can mix it up a little bit. Um, so I kind of hope they do something non goofy if they're going to go if they're going to go the route of not, uh, of I quit. I would prefer it to be a little bit more serious and violent. It's not a little bit, a lot more serious and violent. Now they're going to do handcuff my balls to a fucking cactus match. Okay, great. Um, whatever. Get get all the laughs you fucking can. But I want I want the sanctity of of an I quit match to be preserved. Joel is what I'm trying to tell you. It's very important to me. It's a very important concept of pro wrestling that needs to be maintained uh, and not bastardized. Bastardized is that a word? You know what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah. So let's. Exactly. There was a, a, a elimination tag match a few days ago, which was won by Suzuki Gun team. I don't know if you saw this promo from Despi, but I'm going to put the direct quote here. So it's El Desperado in the ring, Korakuen Hall after the match, talking to the Rapongi 3K. He says, You guys are three time junior tag league winners, right? I can't imagine how you've won this thing three times in a row. Whether it's your individual abilities or your teamwork, you guys are not interesting at all. In this junior tag league, who am I looking forward to? Ghetto and Togo, Phantasma and Ishimori. You guys are like the chores before getting to the fun. Oh. I mean, fucking hell. <laughs> Talk about, I mean, any concern of analysis from us, redundant. Even Phantasma in his promo was like, look, I've got nothing more to say. Despy just nailed it there. Um, so based on that, um, any <laughs> any opinions whatsoever wow. about this Super Junior Tag League? That's, well, no. I, uh, but he... Uh, that's be sharing thoughts from this show. That's for sure. He's a listener. Uh, 
That's funny. I mean, he really laid it in there, huh? He laid it in there hard. It was so good, Damon. Like, I would recommend people checking it out because just like the venom in his voice as well. And the way Shoei No were just sitting in the ring there, just taking it all like... <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, what are they doing? Naughty little school boys just looking really <laughs> sorry for themselves. <laughs> They're all scolded dogs. Uh, wow. Really, that's good. See, I like that. I like that. That that honesty in pro wrestling. It's a, a sh- that's a shoot, brother. Um, so they just like went back to the ring or went back to the locker room with their uh, tail between their legs and 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 took it. No, no, didn't result in any. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, that was it. I mean, uh, with a question from Mark says, if and I suppose it's a big if, if Rapongi three K split at the conclusion of Super Junior Tag League, who would you turn here? An angry show or goth like Yo? I've, again, I've always said that Yo, I think has got yeah. a good heel upside. But that, I mean, to me, that's the only way you can make this Super Junior Tag League interesting is to use it as a vehicle to break up Rapongi three K. But in all likelihood, just based on previous experience with New Japan, yeah, we, we are looking at the, the comeback story for a Pongi 3K to <laughs> yeah. put it all together and win the Super Junior Tag League for the fourth time uh, to the excitement of absolutely nobody. Yeah. Isn't this the vehicle that we use each and every, what, two years now? Of, yep, this is where they split up. Yep, this is where they go their own way. Yep, this is the uh, barbershop window moment we were all looking for. Uh it hasn't happened yet. And uh, I would say we are probably not going to get that. Like, I'm not, like, I just feel like I just, I don't want to get burned again. Like, I don't want to fall for it again. So I'll say they, I'll say they do win it the fourth time. <laughs> it's because you're right. It is a New Japan thing to have that happen and then have them, you know, find their mojo again. And we got to sit through a fourth win for this fucking team. Yeah, so you guys look forward to that tournament coming up this week. Um, let's move on to Strong then. So this was the Tag Team Turbulence. Uh, first match, we have Bateman beating Kevin Knight in 7 minutes 47 seconds with This Is A Kill. And I think it's always good to see Bateman getting a win. He's a useful guy to have around. He's a, a solid hand. He, he does great work getting you guys over. I know he's respected by his peers. He's respected by local fans. You know, we, we all want the sexy names like you know your Tom Lawlers and your Josh Alexanders, but a roster needs guys like Bateman exactly for the benefit of guys like Kevin Knight to you know help with their development. Yep. Uh, second match, we had a six-man tag with Adrian Quest, Fred Ross, and Carl Fredericks defeating Mysterioso, Royce Isaacs, and Jarrell Nelson. Carl Fredericks pinning Mysterioso following the MD. Uh, this match was notable for a truly bizarre anecdote that Alex Kozlov was telling about Mysterioso going on tour with Pavarotti. It was really strange. I don't know if it was a joke or, or what, but it's just a weird little guy. Uh, a very fun match. It was a nice mix of stars. I'm glad we're getting to see more of the West Coast wrecking crew. I hope that continues. And I'm pleased to see Carl Fredericks picking up a win because he is in danger. We talk about this a lot. He's in danger of getting lost in the shuffle and strong because there are others who've made a bigger impression than him. So he needs to watch out. He's got, I think he's got all the tools, but he's still missing that standout match for me. And uh, the the third match, the main event, the Tag Team Turbulence Finals, where the Good Brothers mm-hmm. defeated uh, Violence Unlimited with the Magic Killer after 10 minutes, 59 seconds. I mean, this is a Good Brother in a nutshell, really. Absolutely fine TV match. It was functional, but it was totally forgettable. Yeah. And, the, you know, this is a tournament final. And... Maybe they only had 10 minutes to work, but I wanted more. But I didn't expect more because it's the Good Brothers and th- there's a hard like three and a quarter star ceiling on their matches. I thought Brody King worked really hard to make it special. We did some flips, which was nice. But 
I don't know. There's just there's nothing special or unique or exciting about the Good Brothers. They are okay. They are an okay tag team. So enjoy. Yeah, they always find a way to <laughs> resurrect a career. Is that the word? Or is that what I'm looking for? Like you always find a way to get in, right? Always find a way to get in and survive pro wrestling. What did you think of this tournament? I gotta be honest with you. It was there. Underwhelming. Yeah, it was there. Right? A little, uh, you know, where was the drama? Where was the excitement? Where was the, uh, I don't know. It felt very flat to me. Um, And again, not just because of the winners. Um, I think everybody kind of knew at the very least we would be seeing them in the finals. Good brothers, that is. We knew that we would be seeing them in the finals. They weren't losing in the first round. Um, But it did feel like this was the... Was this this like the showcase of reintroducing everybody to the Good Brothers? Yeah, I mean, we said that from day one. This was a a vehicle for getting the Good Brothers back into high-level New Japan stuff. Yeah. Um, That's not exciting to me. I don't think they're exciting... An exciting tag team. There was there were some good, good bits in this tournament. I I think it was the Violent Unlimited uh, West Coast Wrecking Crew match. I think that I, I enjoyed a lot last week. But I mean, it, I don't know what else to say. I I will tell you that Tamatonga and Carl Anderson are already going at it on Chairman, Twitter, laying really. the groundwork for their feud. So yeah, that's it. I'm going to give you that noise. Is uh, it, all right. So are we putting the the fucking nail in the coffin on our COVID tag team elevation tour 2021, 2020, 2021. We, we put in the, uh, we, we, we doing the final encore and we're done. Tag teams are dead again. Are we, are we, are we, are we at that point? Um, if they are booked for a show in Japan, then I will be, <laughs> very scared for the health of the, <laughs> the, the tag division. Give me, do you, do you give me scale of one to 10 in your gut and in your heart and in your brain and in the right behind your liver? Ooh, are these guys winning the straps? Uh, yeah, I think that's inevitable. Wow. It just is a question of when they're able to make it out to Japan to do that. Whew. Nobody wants this. Does anybody want this? I mean, I hope, can, can they just feud over some US tag titles? That's what I'm saying. Let's, let's can we create the yeah. impact tag titles or make up some strong tag titles or something? Just please keep them away. <laughs> I said on Twitter, people, you know, all the people that were ragging on the 37 minute Lij Dangerous Techers matches, you will be on your knees, fucking begging for those those days to be back. Yeah. Once you're seeing God versus Good Brothers round six. To Fuck. you know, did absolutely dead reactions. We were we 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 did so well for so long, and well, well, I mean, so they won this tournament, right? This strong tournament. Are are we? There's no tag championship here, right? There's no. They didn't correct. So this is just a tournament again. No, no titles. I just I didn't think I missed anything here. Wouldn't that have been a great move? Wouldn't that have been? Wouldn't that been, like? You know, we're sitting here thinking about them winning the, those titles. I don't think we see them in Japan anytime soon. 
You think we see them in Japan anytime soon going on with, with what's going on over there? Why would they? It seems unlikely with the, you know, the way things are escalating both in the States and the state of things in Japan. I think we're hopefully, hopefully, but we're a long way from that. Right. So, okay. So now we, we just finished this tournament. Why couldn't we give them some titles? We have, uh, you know, the strong tag titles, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Right. Or are we just going to feud over these impact titles? Which, who gives a shit? Um, and, and, but if that's the case, I, I'll take that over, you know, IWGP tag. Which, again, they worked really hard in making this interesting. They worked really hard in in making this. I mean, the, the fucking teams that held this title before, preposterous. No one gave a shit. And now... We were, you know, I don't want to go back to that. But again, they might not even they might not even step foot in Japan for a long time. So maybe, 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 maybe Joel, we're just doing this to get them front and center. But maybe this is just over the impact titles. Maybe this just is something for God to do and Good Brothers to do, and everybody kind of stays separate. Maybe, right? This doesn't necessarily have to be Good Brothers walking out with straps at the Tokyo Dome, right? Doesn't have to be. Probably is, but doesn't have to be, is what I'm saying. All right. Well, that's, I've got a huge list of questions here. But All right. Well, what do you want to do? The, well, the, the problem is with this lockdown situation, I feel extremely guilty just like leaving Mali uh, by myself. So, uh, I, yeah, let's stop here. I think, how, how long have we done? One hour and 18 minutes. One hour and 18 minutes. You're comfortable with that? Is that it, podcast. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. Are you okay with that? Or would you like to keep going? I, I mean, I, I could stop. I mean, I think these people got gold as it is. They got John Cougar Mellencamp. They got, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they got Bruce Lee. kissing. <laughs> right. They got, we got Barry Windham. We got Milkshake kissing. Uh, I think these fucking people, and this is free, by the way. I think you got you got some Kevin Kelly praise. We talked about strong. We talked about all the rumors. We talked about punk. We talked. We even talked a little AEW. But we gave him gold, Joel. We gave him gold. Agreed. So shut up and eat your pine cone. Redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast if you want to show us appreciation. Give us money. Discord link in the show notes at Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash super j cast for one of our great t-shirts. Big thank you to Editor Dan. Find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you everybody for listening and goodbye.